Have you ever been given something that totally blew you away? Weren't expecting it, out of nowhere. Maybe you received it at home. You came home and there was this gift or someone knocked on your door and handed you this check or this possession and you're like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. It was so big or so unexpected that you still remember it right now. It has such a, an impact on your life that when I'm saying this, yeah, yeah, I, I remember the time when, when we received this. It's happened over and over in our, my life and, and, my, and our marriage and our family. And I recall the early days when we were back in, on the East Coast and God had a tug on our heart for ministry and he was calling uh, my family, me, to be a pastor. And Josh was small and nine months old. And, and I remember we're planning and trying to make our way to Winona Lake, Indiana. We had, we had enough to make it for five weeks. We didn't have any credit card debt. We didn't have any debt at all. But we have five weeks of income to make it once we got to Winona Lake and, and go to, on to college and seminary. And I remember coming home from work. I built homes. I was a home builder, and I was coming home, and and I was pointing into our driveway out in the country, and I saw this van that was in the driveway. So I do what you do. Someone's there. Someone's visiting us. (laughs) I walked in and say, hey, honey, I'm home. Expecting, hey, Jim, come on in here and meet. So, And I looked around, I walked in and said, someone here? Are they in the bathroom? (laughs) Or someone here? She said, no. I said, said, what's the van out in the driveway? She said, Jim, you, you won't believe this. And she went on to tell me the story that there was a couple or a man in our church that knew that we were going to seminary and felt compelled. He had this van that he rarely used and felt compelled to God to just give it to us. And so we had this van that we needed. We had a vehicle that had 200,000 miles on it, and we needed a vehicle. And now we had the very vehicle that we needed that we didn't have to pay a penny for that the Lord had provided for someone else. It was a gift that we appreciated deeply. Someone gave to us a generous gift. The Bible records this promise, and it's one that sometimes we struggle with. We're not certain what to do with it and understand it, but my hope is this today, that once you hear this promise, that you walk out of this room different than what you were when you came in. The Bible says if we give, it will be given to us. Give, and it will be given to you. Grab your Bibles, let me show you this promise, and turn to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, and let's read verses 37 to 38. And I ask you to stand with me as we read this out loud together. Luke 6, 37 to 38. Would you stand together where you're at as we read God's Word? If you're online, I encourage you to stand where you're at too as we read God's Word. Jesus was having one of his, his ministry moments. He's preaching a sermon, and he's hitting hard. And he's, but he's given these incredible promises and these truths. And then he says this in 37 and 38. Would you read it with me? Ready, read. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You may have a seat. What you give, God gives back to you. We live in a world where we buy by weight. If you went to purchase something, you give a certain amount of money, 
and in return, you get something. And sometimes you feel like you get gypped because you gave a great amount to receive a very little thing. Yesterday, I, I went shopping at, at uh, Dollar General, and I took some money in, and I wanted to see if I could get a good return on what I was giving. So I found these Reese Puffs. And by the way, you want them right now, don't you? Some of you. Don't they look good? And so as I looked at the box, I saw how many ounces, 11.5 ounces. The box is this big, but when I began to shake the box, I realized it's only filled up to here. There's this much space that doesn't have Reese Puffs. It's just full of puff at the top. That's it. Like, that's not a very good amount I gave, and this is what I got in return. So I just continued to walk to the store. It's like, I like Raisin Bran, Raisin Bran Crunch, and and so I, I shook that up. I want to see what kind of bargain I was getting. And it's, there it is. It's empty from here up. Like, you promote this big box, but you're only giving me this much. Give, and it shall be given unto you. So I made my way down the candy aisle, and I saw some Jolly Rancher chewy ones, by the way. Gummies. You want some of these, don't you? And I looked at this package. just like, come on, man. Package it like it really is. Like, it's all empty. Like, you could put so much more in here. The packaging continued, and I decided I'm going down the pretzel aisle. These are the special extra dark pretzels, whatever that means, but there they are. And the whole top is full of air. Like, fill the bag up if, if you're selling it to me. And so I made my way on down, and I found some, some chocolate-covered almonds. You want some of these for sure, don't you? Like it. I open this up, you, you want them. But I'm looking at it, and the bag is a third full. And I'm thinking, well, that's, the presentation is good, but what I've got in return for what I gave, it isn't worth it. So I walk down the candy aisle, and there are sugar-free Reese's peanut butter cups. Like, the sugar-free cancels out whatever else is in there. And it's like, I like Reese's peanut butter cups. And so I began to, like, are you kidding? There are three Reese's peanut butter cups in here. Like, I gave, I didn't get in return what I was expecting. You see, we buy by weight, but if you walked into the marketplace during Jesus' time, and you were about to purchase something, you bought by volume and not by weight. And that's why Jesus is using this incredible illustration. I've seen this happen in Iraq. I've seen this happen in Asia, in Thailand and Cambodia. I've seen it in Vietnam. I've seen it in China. I've seen it in Hong Kong. That if you walk into the marketplace, and when you walk into the marketplace, there's a large mat that's been rolled out. And on this large mat are whatever grain, whatever food, whatever fruit you want to buy. And then when you walk into the marketplace in Jesus' time, he says, when you walk in, you usually walk in with a container. And this container is in a pouch that you have. And so you hand the person who's selling this money, and then you hand them your container, and you tell them, fill it up with that green. Fill it up. And so you get, by volume, what your container holds. So if you were to walk into the marketplace during Jesus' time, and you said, I want some elevation chocolate protein, <laughs> it wouldn't have been there, by the way. They would take elevation chocolate protein, and what they would do, they would take your money, you would give, and they, they would begin to fill up your container. 
And so as they filled up your container, the amount that you gave would be equal to the size of your container, what was the amount in your container. And so they would put it in. But Jesus says this. Actually, this will make the illustration better, you watch. (laughs) He says, if you give generously, I will press down your container. I will shake your container. Why? So that I can put more in your container. And he says, you know what I'll do? I'll keep filling it up. And if you give to me generously, I will press it down, shake it up. And then he says this, I will keep putting in that it is running over. What good would running overdo? Because when you walked into the marketplace during Jesus' time, you wore a robe that had pouches on it. And as they filled up the product, you rolled out your pouch. They kept giving and you kept feeling full up of what he was given. And Jesus says this, if you give generously, I'll keep pressing down. I'll keep shaking it up. And you know what? Not only shaking it up, I'll just keep doling it out. And if you get close enough, it will run over into your lap. That is a promise from God. See, here's the problem, though. The only way you know if you believe that is if you're a generous giver. Pull out your checkbook and hand it to the person beside you. Are you generous in your giving? Or are you trying to store it up for yourself and let your investment be better than pressing down, shaking up, running over? It is a promise from God. You see, here's the promise from God. What you give God, God gives back to you. In Jesus' day, things were sold by volume and not by weight. In fact, if you are stingy, God will be stingy to you. If you are generous, God will be generous to you. By the way, this is not in reference to be giving to yourself, but here's the principle here. Money out, money in. It's not money in and money out. It's you keep giving, God will keep giving back to you so much that you got to keep giving it back. It's just this, you give and his shovel keeps shoveling it back to you. It's an incredible promise that's written in God's word. In essence, it says this. God says, you give first, and then I will give you. But it's an area that we struggle to trust God in. At some point, we need to take God at his word on this promise and trust him. God says, trust me and and give, and I will take care of you, and you will never be disappointed. God uses the same measure we use giving back to us. 
So let me ask you a question. What measure do you use? (laughs) When you give stingy to God, you get stingy in return. The more you give, the more generous God gives back to you. And you know what he does? He presses down. He shakes it up. And it runs over into your lap. Let me ask you a question. What kind of giver are you, dads, husbands, and leading your families? Are you this giver and wondering, why am I not experiencing what's happening? Because the more generous you are, God just keeps giving it back to you incredible promise from the word of God to us today. God is calling us to be generous in our giving. And when we are, our lives will be overflowing with the generosity of God. I sit in the very unique seat as a pastor at Grace Community Church. And by God's grace, it's a calling on my life. And so by God's grace, I'm able to sit with my family many of you. And in 25 years of being a pastor of Grace Community Church, I have never seen a generous person struggle with money. Never. I have never witnessed a generous person struggle to pay their bills. I have never witnessed a generous person that comes to me and says, we need help. In fact, they don't come. But I have sat with person after person after person and talk this principle and encourage them to trust God. And I've often asked this, do you give to God? No, we can't give, Pastor Jim, because we don't have. Listen, it's not money in and money out. It's money out and money in. It's resource out, resource in. When we trust God with this promise, not only does he give it in return, but he gives it in return so we can bless others. That's the principle behind this today. You see, Everyone is blessed when we are generous because God owns the market on good things. The storehouse of all good things belongs to God. And he will walk into his storehouse and he will unload and we will walk away running over with his generosity to us. Turn to James chapter 1, and I'll show you what I mean. James chapter 1 and verse 17. Here's an incredible principle here. Listen, this is a great promise. And when you believe this and live this out, it is a game changer for not only you, but everyone that you come in contact with. James chapter 1 and verse 17 says this. Every what and what kind of gift is from above. What does it say? Good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Resources, God's resources are loaded. And so when we give, he runs to his storehouse and he gives. And he gives through his people. And the people that he chooses to use to give through are the ones that are generous in giving in the first place. So in turn, we end up being blessed, and we get to be a blessing to others. The question is this today. Do you believe this? I can answer that question for you. Just show me your giving. 
The answer to that question is, yes, I believe it. The answer to that question is, show me your giving. Are you generous in your giving? The promise rests on the character of God, and when he said it will be given unto you, it is based on the truth of who God is. Either you believe this, or you live as though you don't believe it. He is generous. He's a merciful God who loves to give good things from his storehouse to his children, and he makes a promise on his name. I want to go back to something I said about four or five weeks ago that ties in so good with this principle right here. So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, because if we really get this down, it impacts every promise that we've been talking about in this series. Please turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20 says this. For no matter how many promises, even given it shall be given unto you, promises God has made, they are what in Christ? What's the word? Yes, in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by who? What's it say? By us to the glory of God. They are yes in Christ. So when the promise is made, they're yes in Christ, but the amen is spoken by us. And you know what amen is? It's so be it. So God is saying, if you give, the promise is, is by the name of Jesus Christ, and the response is us saying, amen, so be it, because Jesus said it would happen. And so this promise is true, banked on Jesus' name. In the Greek, this phrase and even this verse is intensive, which means it is a personal promise. It places emphasis on the antecedent by referring back to another noun or pronoun in an earlier sentence or verse. And so the earlier noun is God. It's yes in Jesus' name, banked on the antecedent that God is good on his word. We get to say amen to that, so be it, because of God and not because of us. All the promises find their yes in Jesus. God's promises are yes and amen. Jesus signed his name to this promise. It's like if you were about to invest or you had inside information and illegally someone calls you up and says, sell your stock today on the marketplace in the Dow Jones because this stock is ready to tank. So sell today and after it tanks buy it tomorrow because it's going to cycle back that's called illegal inside inf trading information in fact if you get that you can be incarcerated for illegal insider training trading the truth is this this is legal insider trading <laughs> if you give and you're generous and you're giving god will generously give back to you can I ask you a real personal question, though? Do you believe the dude that told you that more than you do the God who told you that? Would you be more willing to sell your stock and buy it a day later to make money and bank on inside information from a man more than you would with the God who promises yes in Jesus' name? The answer to that question is, the way you live that out. Jesus said, I will do this. And all the promises are found in him. 
We have everything we need when we are generous in our giving. Let me show you. Let's tie in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It ties in with this principle. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Let's think some more about this promise. So, Pastor Jim, what else about this promise is true? Why did Jesus speak this and add to his list of do not judge, do not condemn? Why did he remind? Because it's such a rich promise. Then he says in 2 Corinthians 9 in verse 6, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. But God is able to bless you abundantly, so that, look at all the alls, that in all things, all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good word. As it is written, Paul says, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be what on every occasion? Generous. And through us, your what? Generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You and I will have everything we need. Maybe not everything we want, but everything we need. But God will not let generous givers go unrewarded. And their righteousness endures forever. That's the part in this whole God math thing that brings the most joy to me. As a result of us giving to God, he presses down, he shakes up, and it runs over. And the reason it's running over into our lap is so that the righteousness of Jesus endures forever. People are blessed because we are obedient in our walks with God, and he gets more glory when we're more generous. Can I get an amen for that? That's a great promise. Isn't that why we're here? Not to bring attention to ourselves. This man that gave us the vehicle. He just heard of a need. And he drove that van to our house. He handed the keys and the title over. And he walked away with joy in his heart. Why? Because he was generous to us. Your view of God is reflected in the way you give. He gives back not always with large bank accounts, but with a larger view of God. How can we not look at the cross and not want to be the most generous people on planet Earth? Philippians chapter 2, it's the great kenosis passage. It's the Greek word means to empty himself. Jesus emptied himself. And in that passage, Paul says that he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. And I want to say, what are you? You give me 10 seconds in heaven, I'm not leaving. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped because he loved us so much that he was willing to leave the throne room of heaven, reduce himself literally to an embryo the size of a grain of salt because his love was generous for us. We cannot not look at the cross and want to say, give, give, give. 
I was reminded of that this Friday night as we watched men from all walks of life come down to the lodge and bank themselves on the hill, hundreds of men. God moved in a powerful way on that hilltop on Friday night, Saturday morning. And we had a time of repentance where men repented of their sins. And it was a quiet hill. And then the the Spirit of God was just sweeping across that hill there while we were there. And then that moment after that, I just said the best place to start Fight Club 19 is to start it with Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, that's the best place to start. And so we gave a simple, I gave a simple gospel presentation. 20 men trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. For me, personally, let me just say for me personally, I love those kind of moments because the righteousness of God brings glory to him forever. It endures forever. And so if he wants to use us as a church for moments like that, like, sign me up. Let me be part of that. And you say, how did that happen? Here's how that happened. You see, about five years ago, there was a dream that we had to buy this property. And we could not have this place that men could meet now had not you given. And had not people been generous to give to the cause of this place and see the vision behind it, we would have never been able to meet on that hill. Had men not volunteered to mow the grass and ladies to decorate the lodge and and, and Ken and Shayla come alongside and Mitch and Kim and and had not men came days before and and, and built a, 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 a gate had not men showed up early and prayed over the grounds and gave their time and their resources, had not they been willing to just give, then God would have never been able to give back generously. You see, it takes us and our giving in order to see the righteousness of God endure forever. Do you see what happens when we give? Like, I want to be part of that, don't you? Like, even right now in this building, If there weren't people that had given to the capital campaigns of this facility the first time 15 years ago when we met in the middle school, think about how you've been blessed because someone gave. Sacrificially, some gave up vacations. Some dove into their, to their savings accounts and gave. And then we had another capital campaign so that we could add a South Auditorium. And those of you who've seen it in the South Auditorium, you could not sit there unless people sacrificed. And then we had a third capital campaign. We added a whole youth wing. And right now, there are children, your children, your grandchildren, your babies that are hearing about Jesus Christ, and many will come to Jesus because someone sacrificed and gave, and the righteousness of the Lord endures forever. You see the principle behind this? Listen, that's why I love to give to our God. Because I walk away, I can't keep up. I'm just going to keep giving back, giving back, because God gets exalted. Don't you want to be part of that? No, I don't, Pastor Jim. I don't have enough. I have people come to me all the time. Financial hardships. So I'll ask them this question. Do you give to God? 
I don't have any to give. Listen, I say, it doesn't work that way. It, it's, it's money out, money in. Well, I don't have enough. Well, maybe the reason you're not feeling it or seeing it is because you have been faithful in doing it. There's such an incredible blessing to be a generous person. Paul says, in fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, look, look how he sets this up in verse 6. Two words. He says, remember this. Why did he say remember this to the church at Corinth? And why is he saying it to us today? Remember this, Grace Community. Remember this. Remember this. Remember this. Like, he didn't have to say that. He could have just went right in. Because we are prone to forget it. We are prone not to do it. And he says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Because we get so wrapped up in our own lives and our own pursuit of things that we forget where we are. And sometimes these things that come, they might not even be meaningful to you, but they're meaningful. Like, I'm looking at Jeff Tinsley here. I had a gun that my father-in-law gave me. A 30 6 was pretty special. It was a gift to me, and some of you can appreciate guns. And he had preserved it, and it was in a case, and, and when he opened it up, he wanted to give me, the barrel was rusted and all over it, but it was a gift from my father-in-law, and he wanted to give it to me, and I'm like, thanks, Ed. And I told Jeff about it, and, and it was rusted. Like, you can't change You know what he did? This isn't to puff him up. It's just a friend. He took that gun to a friend of his, and a few months later, I'm out here in the parking lot. He walks up with this gun that's completely restored. It meant so much to me. And he said, I said, well, how much do I owe you? He said, nothing. You see, that's generosity. Not only was he blessed and the guy to give us the van, but we're blessed too by that testimony. But Paul says, whoever gives sparingly will receive sparingly. And he says, don't give reluctantly. What's reluctantly? Okay, I'll do it. Give me ushers past the plate. Bring the doggone ushers now. Or not even under compulsion. Out of guilt. Okay. I'll give this Sunday, but man, my toes are getting beat up. All right, I see. I give. It's like you give. All right, uncle. Where he told me to. Not because you have to. Hear me out. Because it's the Christian thing to do. Not even because it's the right thing to do, but give from the overflow of gratefulness that comes from the appreciation of Jesus going to the cross for us. The cross changes everything for me. If I start getting selfish, I just go to the cross. If I start thinking, that's not fair. How come you treated that employee this way and that employee that way? When you start struggling with that's not fair, go to the cross and ask yourself if that was fair. But give from the overflow of gratefulness. Plus Paul says this, be a cheerful giver. What's cheerful? In fact, it's the Greek word hilero. <laughs> it's where we get the English word hilaris. 
Like, when's the last time you gave hilariously? Like, right now, can you hardly wait till you give? Jim, get it in this, let's give. <laughs> That's hilarious. How many of you, could, when you write the giving check to Grace Community, it's like, That's not good dancing, but that's good preaching. (laughs) Not because you have to, because you're grateful to. Let me ask you a personal question. When is the last time your generosity made someone question your sanity? Like, you gave that? Honestly, when is the last time your generosity questioned, someone questioned your sanity? Because of it. You did what? A couple years ago, about two years ago, I had someone walk in at Grace Community and want to generously sell us a Corvette. So you see me in this Corvette, huh? I didn't buy that Corvette what it was worth. I had a sweet couple come up to us and say some really amazing things. And they said these things, and she's seated in this auditorium right now. And I'll, Georgia, thank you. <laughs> Bateson came up to me and said, we'd love to bless you with this. She said, we've had our fun with this car. We've had fun with it. And she said, two things that Dave and I would like to do. And she told me this price, which was ridiculous. She just gave it to us. She said, two things, though. Enjoy it more than we enjoyed it. And then she said, drive it fast. (laughs) I usually don't make any decisions without my wife involved. This was between the first and second service. And I looked at her and I said, like, I didn't even know what to say because she threw this price out there that was ridiculous. And, 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 I looked at her, and she says, no, I'm serious. I said, you know, normally I I make these kind of decisions with my wife, but yes. (laughs) By the way, that's not good marriage counseling. (laughs) But when I told my wife that that red Corvette that you see me driving, which Pastor Jeff, you know what he's doing? He's enjoying it. Generosity shows up in your hospitality with your home. Generosity shows up in lending your tools. Generosity shows up in making meals for people who are sick. Generosity shows up when you get an email from your pastor who says, we need help in children's ministry and you sign up. Generosity shows up in serving in the local church and not just sitting in the seats every Sunday because You're grateful for the way you've been impacted by the ministry and your children are being impacted, so you give back. And when you give, guess what happens? You walk away filled up with his generosity. You see, everyone wins when we give. No person who has experienced extravagant love of Jesus can be stingy. (laughs) Giving produces a more loving heart. 
Matthew 6, 21 says, For where your treasure is, is there your heart will be also. Putting your treasure in place actually makes you love that place more. The things you love are the things you give to. And your heart follows your treasure. I have an account on Twitter. In fact, Twitter is probably my favorite social media platform because there's a lot of information. And so if I'm interested in a ministry or an organization or an individual or a sports team, by the way, our football team is called the Washington football team. Unbelievable, by the way, just unbelievable. What's the name of your team? The Washington football team. Like they're here. That's us. I'll move on. Anyhow, another day. So I follow the Washington football team on Twitter. Why? Because that's something that I value. And so I hit follow because I'm interested in that. And I follow that. My heart follows that part of Twitter. And so our treasures are found in what our hearts follow. So if you follow Jesus and you get close to Jesus, there's some point in time where you become very generous. You want to know if you treasure God or everything else? Watch the treasure your heart follows. If it is God, it will be revealed in your giving. Why would God continue to give if all you do is keep it for yourselves? You see, the measure you use will be measured back to you. What measure do you use? What are you expecting in return from God? Listen, using this measure won't return this measure back from God. The key to contentment is not having all you want, but wanting what you have. And then he says, God is able to bless you abundantly in all things. That's the extent of his blessing from A to Z. At all times, that's the duration, 24-7. Even Monday morning, God can bless you. In all that you need, that's the result. You won't go without the essentials. God blesses us so that we can multiply the kingdom, not store up for ourselves. Do you see your resources as yours to benefit from or as opportunities to be generous to others? Are you saying, who can we bless now? Who can we give to now? Who can we be hospitable to now? Who can we serve with now? How can I use my time and my gifts and talents to bless someone else so that they come to know Jesus and ultimately Jesus gets blessed? Savings and possessions alone will never bring you security and significance. Only Jesus can. Generosity is not something God wants from us, but for us. I want you to think on that a second, because that statement is heavy. Not from, but for. It's not that God is saying, I want you to give, I want you to give, I want you to be generous, I want you. No, he's saying, this is for you. Because when you do this promise, I'm going to press down. I'm going to shake up. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to keep overflowing and filling up your lap with the goodness of God. It is for, this is what God says is for you. I don't want this from you. I want this for you. 
God doesn't need our money, but the giving of his people is the means by which he does his ministry and mission on earth. All right, pull away. Honest question. And discuss it with your husband or wife afterwards. If you were God, would you give you more? Ask your accountability partner. Ask your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad. If you were God, would you give you more? So how do you know if you're a generous giver? It's simple. You spend or save extravagantly, but don't give generously. Paul wraps up this chapter, verse 15. He says, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the gift of generous love. Remember the truth of this promise today, and it's a good one. It's not might be given or may be given or could be given, but will be given to those who give generously to God. So, Doug, how does God reward generously then? How does he give back generously? How does he fill up our lap and let it run over? It might be money. It might be good health. It might be unusual joy. It might be unusual influence in the workplace, in the world. It might even be a dream come true that you had on your bucket list forever, and you thought, I don't even deserve this, but out of nowhere, God just says, bam! It might be a deeper understanding of the goodness of God. It might even be a miracle that you need in your life and marriage and family. It might even be just this deep inner peace. It might be another opportunity to give. It might be a great investment out of nowhere. But even more for me personally, it's a deep satisfaction that comes with trusting in Jesus and watching him find joy in me and you giving generously back to him. Let me ask you two questions as we wrap up. Is anyone right now praising God because of your generosity? Is anyone right now? Hey, let me tell you about Bob. Let me tell you about Sarah and Jeff and Jessica. This is what they did for us. Is anyone right now all across this world stopping and sitting at the table having a coffee? Someone, you won't believe what happened to me in my driveway. You won't believe what they did for us. Is your name circuit? Listen. Jesus' followers are generous givers, and your name will circulate in the masses when you give generously. Last question. Would the world mourn if you died today? Or will you die sitting on your investments and resources? This is the kind of God we have.
And he said, I did this for you. Not that I want this from you, but this is for you. Well, Lord, help us today. God, I pray that we believe this promise. It benefits everybody. It benefits us. It benefits those around us. It, it, your righteousness endures through ever through us. The name of Jesus Christ is exalted high. I pray, God, that we would believe and act upon this promise. And then, God, that you would press down, shake it up, and it will run over into our laps, the generosity of our generous giving to you. But Lord, we're about to take an offering and we're not going to give out a compulsion. We're not going to be reluctant. But I pray that we give because of the truths of this promise that the end result of this is that we are blessed and others are blessed and we bless your name. God, you have been faithful our whole lives. In Jesus' name, amen.